Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. There was a man who was sick in his bed, and his rabbi came to visit him and pray for him. The man was very troubled, because not only was he ill, but he also knew his old friend, the rabbi, was leaving him soon. The man was hurting, anxious, and worried about the future. But he brightened up a bit as the rabbi entered. Rabbi, thanks for coming to see me. Of course, old friend, said the rabbi. This is actually my last official clergy visit, but I'm going to pray for you. And I've brought seven of my disciples to encourage you. And they're out there waiting in the hallway. And when I leave, they will come in and they will stay here with you until you get better. The sick man brightened up at this news even more. So the old rabbi prayed for the sick man, and then he left, and he mentioned his disciple Shem on the way out. So Shem comes in and introduces himself to the man. What's your name, says the sick man. Yes, said Shem. Yes is your name, said the sick man. No, answered Shem. My name is Shem. Who's on first, asked the sick man. That's another bit, responded Shem. My name is Shem, meaning name. That's right. I represent the Shem or the name of God and also the Shem of the rabbi. The rabbi has given me to you to encourage you. In me is the Shem of God. That is his name, his reputation, his identity. God sent me to live with the people where they did their sacrifices in ancient Israel, especially the Passover sacrifice. That's where I dwelt. I dwelt in the land with the people of Israel when they devoted themselves to the Torah. I dwelt in the tabernacle and then in the temple. I, Shem, am also the name and identity of the rabbi, Yeshua, because God has put his name on the rabbi. I have come from the rabbi to remind you of the identity and the name of God so that when the rabbi retires, you still have the Shem, the name. Whatever you ask of God when you pray, if it fits with the name of the rabbi, God will grant it to you. The rabbi, what did he teach you? He taught you to love. He taught you to follow God's Torah. He taught you to forgive. The rabbi taught you to believe in him, the son of man, the living water, the source of life, the true bread from heaven. The rabbi taught you that it's God's will to restore and to heal and to bring life. If your request matches this restoration story, God will hear you and answer your prayer. That is the promise of Shem, the name. Remember, the rabbi said, let's say this together. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. John 14, 14. This is why the rabbi's followers pray in Yeshua's name, not just to tack it on the end of a prayer, right? But to pray according to the identity and the will of Rabbi Yeshua. 
The sick man was comforted by this encouragement and closed his eyes and smiled. Just then, Shem said, and here comes my friend, Ezer. Ezer was there by the side of Shem. The sick man looked at him curiously. Ezer began to speak comfortingly to guide him. He talked about the road to recovery, described how the man would navigate this sickness and and overcome it. The sick man wanted to pray, but he didn't know what to say to God, and Ezer helped him, gave him the right words. Ezer means helper, right? Ezer explained to the man, like a paraclete. Oh, I had a parakeet once, said the man. He always ate crackers and said funny things. No, no, not a parakeet, said Ezer, a paraclete. I'm a, a counselor, an advisor, like, like a lawyer who's on your side, but not like the ones that advertise on TV. I'm a real advocate. I intercede. I plead for you. Back in the homeland, they call me the Ruach. You sound like more than just a helper, the sick man said. On all the TV shows, they say a man that represents himself in court has a fool for a client. I'm sure glad to have an advocate, a real advocate like you. It sounds like you help in ways that people can't help themselves. I think you've got the idea, said Ezer. The first helper, the first Ezer, do you know who it was? Anybody? was Eve. In all of the created animals, there was no suitable Ezer, but Eve came alongside Adam to help him so they could be co-rulers together over creation. A husband or wife is like me, Ezer, but I don't just comfort. Sometimes I have to help people by showing them what's getting in the way of their relationship with God, and I show them things to come. I show them the will of God. Remember what the rabbi said when he explained that he had to go away? He said about me, he will guide you into all truth. Let's say this together. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will tell you, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. That's about the helper, Ezer. I appreciate your encouragement, said the sick man, but who's this friend that has wandered in? I am Shalom, said Shalom. Oh, I've heard about you. You're just a worldly fleeting consolation, a flash in the pan. Not so, said Shalom. I'm Shalom from Rabbi Yeshua, so I'm quite unique in my peacefulness. In the story of Job, I describe a tent that's not missing anything. When Solomon finished his temple, he shalomed it, meaning it was complete and ready for the presence of God. When a righteous person does good in Proverbs, he is shalomed by the Lord, recompensed, rewarded. In fact, when you make things right, if you've stolen something, you shalom it by bringing back double what you stole. I know you're anxious because you're sick and because the rabbi is leaving. Remember, the rabbi said before he left, Shalom, I leave you. Let's say this together. My shalom I give to you, but not as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or afraid. The sick man said, Now I see what true peacefulness is. I feel somewhat better. 
But who's that in the corner? Shochain said, It is I, Shochain. I've been here the whole time, for I live here. My name means dwell, reside, abide, remain. I'm always around. You mean Shekhinah, the presence of God, asked the sick man. Shochain lowered his head. <sighs> That's my older brother. Everybody knows about him. But we are related. God wants to indwell, to dwell in and among his people, Israel. So I've been a part of the plan from the beginning. You remember the tabernacle so that God could dwell among the people after they left Egypt, even after the golden calf incident? That was me. It's living, but in the sense of abiding, remaining. With me, you know the presence of the God of the universe is seeking to be with humankind. If that's not comforting, I don't know what is. The sick man then recalled what the rabbi said about abiding, dwelling, and a picture of a vine and a branch. Let's say it together. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. The branch cannot itself produce fruit unless it abides on the vine. Likewise, you cannot produce fruit unless you abide in me. Right. Abiding means that God, just as God has sought to live with us, we should seek to dwell with him. The sick man was confused. How can I dwell with the rabbi? Shochain reminded him of the rabbi's words. <clears throat> Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you're showing love, if you're seeking to serve your brother, to understand your sister, to forgive, to listen, to be humble, then you are dwelling with the rabbi and God is dwelling with you. Jeremiah admonished Israel with the same picture of the vine. He said, yet I planted you as a choice vine from, being, from, from completely faithful seed. How then did you become a wandering wild vine, right? Israel was supposed to be a vine, right? They're supposed to be connected. That love and obedience is the connection between the vine and the branch, did someone say my name? It was Ahava, or love. The rabbi spoke of me often. This is another disciple here, Ahava. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. My name, you know, is misused a lot in Hollywood and stories. Love isn't just, you know, googly eyes, okay? It's how God feels about us. His love, which causes him to act, like saving us from the slavery of Egypt or remembering his covenant with Israel and giving a king to sit on the throne of David forever, the Messiah. Love lays down one's life for others, not always literally, as Yeshua did, but in humility, serving others, putting them before yourself. The, sit, the sick man sat up in bed. He said, normally I'd be overwhelmed by such a difficult exhortation, but knowing that this is how the rabbi loved me, 
it motivates me to love and to put this all together with the other encouragements that I've heard today. Just then, Olam Haba swooped in. I am the world to come, he announced, the kingdom of heaven. You may have heard of my evil twin, this world. He's always trying to thwart me. The rabbi warned about him quite often. Let's read it. The world, this world, cannot receive the spirit of truth, the helper, because it does not behold him or know him. Shalom I leave you, my shalom I give to you, but not as the world gives. I will not talk with you much longer, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has nothing on me. But in order that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have shalom. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The ruler of this world is how the rabbi referred to the enemy. This world is sometimes thought of as a realm of anxiety, wilderness, the desert, the exile. But, said Olam Haba, I am from your real home, Eden, the world to come, the kingdom of God, and I'm here to tell you that I am breaking into this world to not be troubled by the brokenness of the world because I am bringing healing and redemption and restoration. The sick man looked around. The rabbi's disciples were all standing there, but he only counted six. The name, the helper, peacefulness, the indwelling, love, and the world to come. There was one more sent by the rabbi to comfort him. In walked Kavod. Kavod, glory, was shining from his face, hard to look at directly. Remember the words of the rabbi about me, Kavod proclaimed. Yeshua spoke these things then, lifting up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh. So may he give eternal life to all those you've given to him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Yeshua the Messiah, the one you sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you have given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory, the kavod, which I had with you before the world came to be. Kavod continued, I am honor, splendor, brightness, dignity, and majesty. When God appears, I am what you see. The kavod of the cloud of the presence, the kavod of the fire on the cosmic mountain. When you give God the honor and brightness instead of keeping it to yourself, that is when you actually shine the brightest. When you glorify God, that is when you show glory. In truth, Kavod continued, we seven disciples of the rabbi were all related. God comes near by the brightness of his glory, the indwelling of God, his name and reputation, his helping and rescuing and advocating for us, the fullness of the world to come, his completeness and peacefulness, 
his covenantal love. We, seven of us, emanate from Rabbi Yeshua, and we are the sign of the indwelling of God in Messiah Yeshua. And with that, the man was no longer sick or anxious in his body or in his heart, but he was transformed and healed. This story relates what I felt were the key themes of Yeshua's final speech. And this rabbi, he wasn't retiring. He was going to the tree, which is commonly called the cross, and he was about to die. And this is a a long speech from John 14 to John 17. And this is the essence of what he wanted to pass on from his earthly ministry. This was his final speech, the big ideas during that last Passover meal. The truth is that by knowing God through Yeshua, we should not only see these things emanating from Yeshua, but we should be emanating these as well. Yeshua asked us to dwell with him. That's what abide means. As he dwelt or abided, abode, abided, let's go with abided. As he abided with the Father. He empowered us as his followers by the Holy Spirit to be agents of his name, agents of his glory, his peace, his help, his abiding presence, his love and compassion, and his ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. There's one final thing I want to leave you with, and that is the idea of unity. This is in John 17. It's very interesting. So near the end of his speech, uh, in John 17, 20 and 21, Yeshua makes this interesting statement. I pray not on behalf of these only, but also for those who believe in me through their message, that they all may be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, so also may they be one in us, so the world may believe that you sent me. Who were the ones who believed at the time? They were all Messianic Jews. And who were the ones who would believe through their message? Many of them were from the nations. So therefore, close to the heart of Yeshua is reconciliation, love and unity and humility and partnership between Israel and the nations, starting with the body of Messiah, and then moving outward from there. So the question is, how can we move toward unity, humility to one another, forgiveness, the working out of our differences, listening, and brotherly love, ahava, that we might fulfill Yeshua's final earthly prayer? How can we be agents of reconciliation and wholeness, shalom, of the indwelling presence of God by his Ruach, Shochein. How can we represent God's name, his Shem, and conform our prayers to the name of Yeshua? How can we shine his glory, his Kavod, by honoring God in all that we do? How can we pray and labor toward the world to come, the Olam Haba, breaking into this world? Yeshua said to pray on earth as it is in heaven. I believe the key is to ask God for that promised helper, the Holy Spirit, 
to guide us in this, that we can truly remain and dwell with God. So may the Ruach, the helper, the advocate, guide you this week as you dwell in God through love and faithfulness, even as God dwells in you. Let's pray. Abba, we thank you for your faithfulness and your love. We thank you for um, sending your son to teach us all these things and that he didn't leave us uh, bereft, but he left us the helper, the advocate, the Ruach HaKodesh. And we pray this week that we would enter into a fuller communion with your Holy Spirit, that we would truly abide in you and that you would abide in us and that the world would know that you are loving and that you are reconciling the world back to yourself through your Messiah. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.